Hey everybody, welcome back to the Glass Seats Podcast. This is our show where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, league culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. This is Vidi. And my name is Mernal, and this week in hockey, it is the eve of the Stanley Cup Final. Yep. A historic Stanley Cup Final. There's going to be a new winner, right? Vegas Golden Knights versus the Florida Panthers. Mm -hmm. Two historic reasons. One, brand new winner. Neither one of these teams has ever won the Stanley Cup. Two, no matter which team wins, we are guaranteed that a player with a $10 million cap hit is going to win the cup. Mm -hmm. So your favorite saying is toast. Yeah, I'm kind of happy about it. I'm not going to lie. I I think it was ready. I think it was inevitable. I think actually a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking, you know, who's going to be the first team to do it? And we were like, oh, it's going to be Edmonton, obviously, with McDavid. Yeah. Nope. It's either going to be Vegas or Florida of all teams. <laughs> if we rewind to the start of the playoffs, I had Edmonton as my pick this year. Yeah. But now it's it's Florida it's or toast. Vegas. Yeah. And so no, if you're if you said you predicted this final, you're lying. So I think they could have predicted Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Like Vegas won the Pacific. They won the West. But Florida with the Cinderella run. Mm-hmm. This is... I think it's going to be a very entertaining final. Mm. You remember when uh, we were talking about pot or the uh, playoff predictions and uh, you were like, Florida's not making it. How do you, how do you bet against Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin? Yeah. So much for that, huh? That think, one Chicago versus Pittsburgh game. I think Matt Kachuk heard me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard Toronto fans. Oh, he heard man. you. He's a, he's a, he's an avid listener actually. Uh, shout out to Kachuk. No, I'm kidding. No, he yeah. doesn't, but yeah. Um, and like the teams they took down on the way, the historic Boston Bruins, the Toronto team that finally got over the hump Mm -hmm. and powerhouse Carolina and a powerhouse Carolina that some people had as a Stanley cup winner. Yeah. Right. And, um, man, embarrassed him, embarrassed him. What a playoffs yeah. is all I'm going to say. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, this is the worst yeah. cup finals. And, and I'm like, just say you don't like small market teams and move on, man. Like, it's I, this is a great. I, I, I love when, uh, you know, not quote unquote dynasty teams are like winning. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you start a dynasty? A new team wins. Like, oh, yeah. Over and over. Like, you know, like as much as uh, as much as you may or may not like Florida or Vegas, this is how dynasties start, right? You yeah. got to win your first one somehow. Speaking of small markets, four years in a row, a Florida team has been in the finals. Oh, wow. You're right. <laughs> Three Tampa wow. and now the Panthers. This is, this is probably great for the South. Oh, yeah. This is great for the South. So uh, before we get into a um, little bit of Florida Vegas, we talked a bit about it last episode, but mm-hmm. I want to see your thoughts now that we have some updates. Yeah. But let's talk about Vegas and Dallas. Last time we checked in, uh, Vegas was leading 3-0. Mm-hmm. And we kind of counted it as, okay, Vegas is going to win this. Yeah. But uh, Dallas won the next two games, mm-hmm. forced a game six before finally losing in an absolute beatdown to Vegas. Yeah. That last game, they lost 6-0. Mm-hmm. Um, also relevant to the storyline, Jamie Ben, who we talked about uh, on the last podcast, had at cross-checked Mark Stone in the face, ended up getting a two-game suspension. So he was out for two games. Dallas won both of those games, comes back in for game six, and Dallas loses that game. So what are your thoughts on these past three games? I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Jamie Ben situation. That was the first note I made. Um, the only two games they won this entire series is when Ben was out. Um, and the, the, the thing I wanted to ask you was, is this, is this coincidence or is it Ben's lack of production, it, it, lack of leadership, uh, lack of positive presence in, in big moments? Um, is this hurting Dallas more than, than helping at this point? Or, or do you think it was just a coincidence? Um, I think the answer is somewhere in between. 
I would not say it's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, um, maybe something was said in that room when Ben wasn't there. Um, maybe it's his attitude. Who knows? But at the same time, we've seen over and over that one player cannot affect a team uh, to that degree, right? Oh, when it's the guy wearing the C on his chest? Yeah, I mean, talk about Connor McDavid. He would have had a cup by now mm-hmm. if one player's play affected a team that much, right? That is true. So hockey is very much a sport where you win and lose as a team. Mm-hmm. But what I did see in games four and five where Dallas won was a lot more pushback. In all of these games, Vegas scored first. Mm-hmm. But especially in game five, every time Vegas scored, Dallas scored within two minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, you had great performances from the goalies. Um, Ottinger had a point, a 9-4-9 in uh, game four and a 9-3-1 in game five. Mm-hmm. It just felt like, okay, when push come to shove, they kind of came together. And then game six, they just ran out of steam. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not in that locker room. I don't know what Jamie Ben's presence is like, but uh, it's not a good look. Yeah. You know, when, when you come back and your team gets lost 6-0, gets shut out. So, of course, no, Jamie Ben had no points because he was, it was 6-0, but mm-hmm. um, he was minus two, only had one shot on goal. Um, it's, I think it's worth noting that both top lines on Dallas in that last game were minus two. Yeah. So um, the depth lines kind of were trying to generate something. I think Max Domi had three shots mm-hmm. on that game, but uh, just couldn't do it. And Ottinger put up a point seven nine three. Yeah, that's not, not a great performance in an elimination yeah. game. And I mean... It happens. It's just unfortunate that they were already down 3-0 when it happened, right? Yeah. And, so or 3-2, I guess. Jamie Ben taking that penalty, I think, torpedoed this series a little bit mm-hmm. just because, you know, yeah, they go down 2-0 coming into Dallas, but both of those were very close games. It mm-hmm. could have gone the other way. I think Pete DeBoer even said that Yeah. Um, at some point. And then when they have to have to push back, Jamie Ben takes that dumb penalty and that game is lost. And now yeah. it's 3-0 and that's an impossible hill to climb. Right. Especially against Vegas, yeah. Against Vegas, no team has ever done it in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were you would have had to make history yeah. if you were going to do it. And Forsley just kind of fell short, and Ottinger had already been kind of shaky. We talked about it a bit last podcast and just didn't have it in game six. And uh, I was surprised they left him in, to be honest. They left him in that whole game when it was clear he didn't have it. I mean... I- so, actually, it's funny that you bring that up. Another another question I wanted to ask was, do you think, not specifically, not games, uh, or first of all, not that the fact that they went down 3-0, but specifically game six, mm-hmm. um, was with Jamie Ben back in the lineup and, you know, Otter didn't have the greatest performance. Was this a coaching error on uh, Peter DeBoer's part that might have doomed the team a little bit? Um, I don't know. Like, what could he have done? I think the one mm-hmm. mistake he could have made is put Wedgwood in. Um, but I don't even know if that would have, how many goals I would have put him in after the first period when I was watching that game, mm. I think they were already down three Oh, and it was just, everything was kind of going against them. Like you might not have gotten a better result, but I think you, you give that team that chance, right? Yeah. Um, if I was, I'm not a hockey coach, but if I was, that's what I would have done. Yeah. Right. It may, again, we're not, we're not coaches, but it may have sent a message to the team too, the, to the bench. Um, yeah. You already know this isn't working. Yeah. Worst case. Uh, the other guy doesn't work either. I mean, yeah, you got to do something, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you got to rally somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other option I think I saw floating around the, uh, the interwebs was to scratch healthy scratch, Jamie Ben. Yeah. You can't do that. Right. That's your captain. That's an 80 point player. But I mean, the, do the numbers lie? I mean, they don't, but like, 
how would you feel? Your captain's getting scratched for no reason, right? You mean the captain that screwed us with the dumbest penalty you've ever seen after being yeah, down 3-0? He paid his penance, right? He got the two games. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of went out. So maybe you don't put Jamie Ben back in a spot in the lineup. Maybe you put him down further in the lineup if there was some chemistry already going on there. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think this was... When you're down 3-0, I think it's very little your coach can do at that point. That that actually leads me to another question where do you think, like, again, neither of us are coaches or even claiming to be anywhere close to that realm, but mm-hmm. is there is there, like, a magic, so to say, in, in riding the momentum of, you know, I, they talk about, oh, ride, ride your hot goalie, you know, ride your, ride your star players, or, like, there's a lot of momentum. I think Florida, they won, like, six games straight, right, before mm-hmm. losing. Um, game game four into toronto and then and then they close the series out yeah um do you think just because you know it worked that they they won two games in a row without jamie ben should they have just should uh peter DeBoer have healthy scratch him just to ride out that momentum or i mean I sure mean, he, it's a captain but like yeah i mean this is all we're just talking hypotheticals yeah. here right like like I mean, we're kind of just see, seeing like what could have been done i i don't think a player like jamie ben who is a veteran and has been on this team forever mm-hmm. would mess up your momentum that much. Got Do you it. remember when uh, we talked about Michael Bunting in the first round? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a young player. That's not part of your core four there. Yeah. Maybe you could get away with healthy scratching him. Mm-hmm. Jamie Ben, your captain. I, I, you'd be hard pressed, I think to scratch yeah. him. So yeah. maybe there was something he could have done with the lines to leave them as they were before Ben came in. Um, or maybe, the truth is, is Vegas is just that good. Yeah. And there's uh, nothing yeah. DeBoer could have done. Yeah. At the end of the day, let's not discredit that Vegas absolutely dismantled this team and deserved yeah. to win. So, I mean, I think games, they came into game six saying enough is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, if they lose game six, then the pressure's on them, right? Yeah. But uh, they came in and were like, no, no shut out. Six. So yeah, they stepped on the it. jugular, right? Yeah. That was it. it. Yep. Yeah. So I think props to Vegas, props to Bruce Cassidy for leading yeah. that team. Um, more so than what we talked about with Dallas. I think, this was Vegas saying, no, this is it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I, I actually, I think that's a perfect segue. So now we have, um, we have two very good coaches behind the bench in the finals. We got Paul Maurice of Florida, mm-hmm. um, Bruce Cassidy of Vegas. Um, in my opinion, this is like kind of a star matchup, at least coaching wise. I think mm-hmm. these are two very like well-coached teams. Um, we kind of talked about it a little bit last podcast, but you still sticking with your finals prediction? To be honest, I'm a little nervous now. Mm. Because we just talked about momentum, riding the momentum. Mm-hmm. Florida's been out of games for what, like a week now? Yeah, that's what I, I was mean, almost a little worried. I was like, dang, you guys, sure, you guys swept your opponent, but when was the last time you played competitive hockey? Yeah, and even someone as Bobrovsky, who had not that great of a regular season, mm-hmm. and then suddenly gets hot in the playoffs, is he going to be hot when he comes back after yeah. this long of a break? Yeah, the finals like, changes players too. I think like a four or five day break would have been okay, great, they get to rest up. But this has been, it's been almost a week, right? Uh, yeah, because been... the last game was our last podcast. So yeah, it's been a week. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Which wow. feels like a long time, mm-hmm. right? So we'll have to see if they can keep that momentum, keep that energy up. Then I think it is Florida's. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can't, then this is going to go the other way because mm-hmm. Vegas has mo- most recently played. Yeah. Um, so in that case, last podcast, I said Florida in six. Mm-hmm. To 
with these points that I've just made, I'm going to change my prediction mm, to okay. Florida in seven. Okay. So you're still going with Florida though. Yeah. But I think they're going to take a game or two to get back in that rhythm. Got it. Okay. Um, I, I think I'm going to still stick with mine, which is a uh, Vegas and five. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not, not discrediting, discrediting Florida at all, but that, that long break can, uh, can, you know, affect you. And I think Vegas has been to the, uh, to the finals, like a lot more recently. And, as we've seen in years past, um, new teams making the finals, it, it does affect them. Like, obviously, Tampa, I think part of the reason Tampa was able to remain so dominant is the experience mm-hmm. factor, right? Yeah. Counterpoint. Yeah. There's only six players remaining from that Vegas team. That is true. That is true. But do you think maybe there's like a, so to say, like a, like a culture thing that is like relevant? I mean, you could also argue, you know, and the uh, Pittsburgh team from 2016 and 17 was vastly different from the 0809 squad, right? Yeah, I, I absolutely. Players. But they still had that finals experience, right? I think that might have calmed the nerves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more so you have players like Crosby and Malkin, right? Who are the ones who stayed? Yeah. In Vegas's case, you, that highest ranking player is what? William Carlson on the second line and Jonathan Marshall? Uh, and is Riley Smith? I think so. Yeah. I I don't know what line Riley Smith plays on, to be Mm -hmm. honest, but it's not like, it's not Mark Stone who's there, right? Who's their captain. That is true. Yeah. They'll, to counter my own point, they had, they have Alex Petronaggio who won in 19 with Mm -hmm. the Blues, right? Mm -hmm. Who is, um, arguably Vegas's best player right now. Mm -hmm. So it's, they do have a lot of cup experience. Um, not outside of the six players. No one else has kind of been there together. So I think it's a bit of a mixed bag when you say, um, do they have that experience to win? Yeah, I, I that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's hard to it's hard for me to look past that um, just because of what I've seen in past finals. Mm-hmm. Um, that is honestly the only reason I'm, I'm picking Vegas in five. The the playoff experience, the fact that they made it more recently, they've got players. Even if it's not on you know the Vegas squad, they've won more recently. Um, and just the uh, the the big gap that Florida's made um, yeah. term, since the last time they played competitive hockey. It's been a minute, um, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, it doesn't mean they're super rusty. But it, we've seen it in the past. It's hard yeah, to look past. That's true. That's yeah. true. We have seen it in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, very exciting yeah. Stanley Cup final. But the yeah. way these teams play, a lot of speed, a lot of cool plays, and like you said, very well coached. Yeah. So I am excited. Everything starts Saturday, uh, June third. So, um, I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to, uh, some other stuff here, um, for the teams that are out of the playoffs, they are all getting ready for the draft for free agency. Uh, last podcast or two podcasts ago, uh, we talked about Kyle Dubas, mm-hmm. uh, getting fired in Toronto and all the drama that kind of went on around there. So we have a couple updates and it involves three teams in the NHL. This is the Calgary Flames, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we do have a bit of a carousel here. So Calgary fired their general manager, Brad Treliving, and hired Craig Conroy, uh, who is a first-time general manager, but has been the assistant general manager in Calgary since 2014. So basically, internal promotion for Calgary. Brad Treliving has been hired in Toronto to replace Kyle Dubas and be under Brendan Shanahan. Um... 
And Kyle Dubas has been hired in Pittsburgh as the president of hockey operations. So he has gotten a promotion, mm-hmm. effectively what was Shanahan's job in Toronto, and will currently be the interim GM and will be looking for a permanent GM. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are wondering what's going to happen to Dubas when he's out in Toronto, he got more power um, and he got a position with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. So that's where that story kind of wraps up. But there's this little carousel of GMs just kind of moving around the league. Mm-hmm. My question for you is, out of these three moves, uh, Calgary fires Brad, hires Craig, Toronto fires Kyle, hires Brad, and Pittsburgh hires Kyle. Which one excites you the most? Pittsburgh hiring Kyle, without a doubt. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think this whole uh, Toronto situation kind of uh, blew up because, you know, Kyle Dubas, one of his requests to Brendan Shanahan was, I want more power. I want more control, I guess mm-hmm. was the quote. Um, you got it. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I think Kyle Dubas was a good GM. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think him kind of delegating that role, trying to find a, a, another role, him being a smart GM is really going to help Pittsburgh um, find, you know, a, a really not just a competent GM, but like, you know, someone who's going to take the team really far because Kyle Dubas knows literally what it takes. Yeah. So in terms of who you have at the at the hall of the ship, so to say, mm-hmm. um, Kyle Dubas is the man. I, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh all of a sudden gets reignites that new fire and becomes. As reborn, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? And, you know, Kyle Dubas has shown a way of moving around the cap like it's not there. You know, Uh, all the cap shenanigans they pulled in Toronto get that roster iced and competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, at times playing without a backup goalie and things like that. Mm -hmm. So he can turn Pittsburgh around, but it's a very different mindset, right? So Pittsburgh has Crosby, Malkin, and Latang at the ends of their careers. These are superstars, but mm-hmm. at the ends of their careers. Mm-hmm. Toronto, these are superstars just starting. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just entering their primes now. Mm-hmm. You know, So do you think Kyle's approach will fit Pittsburgh in the sense that he's got to do something quick here? You know, the, Crosby and Malkin might not have that many kicks at the can left. Uh, I mean, I, I think, yeah. I One, because he's just... Kyle Dubas has proven to be a smart dude. He knows what he's doing. But, uh, I mean, when when Kyle Dubas went and got out uh, Ryan O'Reilly, um, yeah. that, that, in my opinion, was very much a, we're going all in on this. That was a swing for the fences move. Yeah. I, I was, when I saw the news, I thought it was fake. Yeah. Um, I was not going to lie. I was like, they have, where's the cap space coming from? Mm-hmm. So, basically, the point I'm trying to make is Kyle Dubas made it work. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't see why he couldn't with Pittsburgh, I, especially because a lot of those players are not on like as long or as um, big cap hits. as big cap hits. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think he's got some wiggle room and, you know, given that wiggle room, I think he can do some serious damage. I, I don't think I don't think time timeliness or like any of that is going to really affect him because he's proven time and time again. Uh, he can make the big move when it's when it's needed. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not really sure why. Toronto let him go or why Brendan Shanahan let him go. I don't think that was the right move, but you know, it's too late for that now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Dubas will be exciting, but I think the timeline is a bit of a crunch here, both mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh and for Toronto. Yeah. You know, um, this is we're recording this on June 2nd. The draft is late June and then free agency July 1st. Mm-hmm. So whatever he's going to do, he's got to come up with a plan and come up with one quick, you know, but I, I feel like he's got it in him. I, he's, yeah. he's managed with all the wizardry he's pulled off in Toronto and all those huge, huge contracts, he made it work. Mm-hmm. Um, when was the last time Toronto won a series? Like 19 years ago, he, Toronto finally won a series. I mean, 
Uh, yeah, but then promptly got curb stomped. Right, but that was a Florida team on a mission. I, I yeah, yeah. I, how the players perform on the ice is completely. I, I don't know if you mm-hmm. can really do anything about that. Um, in terms, yeah, in terms of like building a team, I, I think he's proven even with tighter restrictions that you know he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, rolling it back to Toronto, who has yeah. hired Brad Trey Living. When we talked about Toronto when they got eliminated, mm-hmm. we asked, do they have to change? Uh, their big four, which are John Tavares, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and William Nylander. Yeah. And you said they absolutely have to because they've tried so hard with this. Yeah. But now with a new GM coming in, he'll be the third GM um, for Toronto since Austin Matthews was drafted. It's kind of strange, yeah. Do you think it matters that there's a new GM if they just keep the same four core together? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean... Well, actually, no, I, I take it back. It really depends what this core four's priorities are. Mm-hmm. Are they just trying to hang out, be buddies, play hockey, get paid? Yeah. Or are they trying to win a cup? I it really, because let's be honest, there are some players that are just happy to be there. Yeah. Um, And there's some superstars that are happy to be there. Let's, like, um, I'm obviously hoping that, I, I'm, or I'm sure Toronto fans are hoping that, you know, they're there to win a cup. But I don't, I don't know if... I, I don't know if like, you know, I, again, I'm not them either. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what their priorities are. I don't know if they're trying to go for it or, or whatever, but I just given the track record, I don't know how any GM in the NHL sees this and is like, Oh yeah, it's working. Yeah. Uh, you've won one extra playoff game after 19 years. Like, yeah. I don't know. Despite all the spectacular regular season success, it doesn't um, mean anything. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah. I, if I was them, I'd make a move. Yeah. But by firing uh, Dubas when you did, you've created a very short timeline here for Bradshaw Living. And anyone who switched jobs knows, like, you can't, it's very hard to hit the ground running, right? Yes. Yeah. And to add insult to injury, um, Bradshaw Living will not be allowed to sit at the Toronto um, draft table. Why is that again? So I, I saw that. I never understood. Because GM contracts uh, follow the NHL cal- calendar, technically, he's under contract until June 30th. So it was a stipulation from Calgary when he signed in Toronto that he won't be participating in Toronto's draft because he knows Calgary's draft strategy. Ah, gotcha. So the plot thickens. Yeah. So you kind of made it hard. So I think a trade preseason seems far-fetched at this point, Mm -hmm. depending on how the Leafs do. Preseason or pre-off-season? Uh, like preseason, like between now and the season starting Got in okay. October, mm-hmm. I think seems far fetched at this point. Uh, maybe they look at a deadline depending on how the Leafs are going. Yeah, I, I think they have to. I, I don't mm-hmm. see any other, especially with like we talked about this in previous podcasts with the NMCs on, on some of the notable players. Yeah. Um, I really think it's going to boil down to how is this team looking in, in January or February? Um, yeah. The complication being, of course, some players might have to waive their NMCs. To get traded. Do you think they will? Do you think Matthews... See, that's the thing. Um, Nobody knows because we've been talking to executives. We haven't talked to the players, right? And do you want to stay? Do you not want to stay? No one has that information right now. Yeah. So are some players done with this? Do they want to give it a swing somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Um, Is there some other team? Like, let's say... I'm completely fabricating this. Let's say the Toronto is like in a wild card or low division spot. Is there another team in a wildcard low division spot that wants to swap superstars? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there was that, there was a captain for captain trade, uh, Rangers and Rangers and someone else. I can't. Oh, Tampa, uh, Tampa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Callahan and, uh, Martin St. Louis. 
And that worked out for, I mean, it worked out short term for the Rangers and long term for Tampa, I think. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. I I really couldn't tell you. But either way, I I feel like it's going to, I agree with you in the sense that I don't think before the season, this core four is getting moved around. Yeah. It's just a lot of logistics involved. I think it's really going to boil down to how the team is looking at around January or February. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be following that story. Yeah. I love management storylines. So yeah, that is what I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah, definitely. Um, our last topic for today, uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about yeah. jerseys. Yeah. What's um, got you in on jerseys? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it's actually a big deal or not, but the, the issue that was presented is, you know, we have, or Florida and Vegas have been doing, you know, their, their media, their media tour, I guess, um, mm-hmm. trying to just like get everything, everything settled out. And, uh, jerseys are also going on sale to the fans. Yeah. Something that was revealed earlier this week is that the, uh, traditional Stanley cup final Jersey patch was moved to the quote, other side to make space for Jersey ads. And a lot of, um, a lot of fans were up in arms about it. Um, and you know, saying like, Oh, this is like, this is ridiculous. How, like, how could you do this? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, so obviously it's a polarizing topic. Um, you know, given that this is the first time it's happening, I I believe this is the first time it's happening. Um, but so my take on this is while it doesn't make or break me watching the finals, um, Mm -hmm. from an aesthetic purpose, uh, I think it's pretty hideous. Uh, it it definitely looks strange. Um, especially with the, you know, fan jersey being sold that way too. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I kind of want to see, like, is this an overreaction by the fans or is this like blatant ignorance of what the fans want by the NHL yet again? Where do, where do you stand on that? Yeah. So one thing to note, I think the jersey looking ugly or crowded is only in the case of the players that wear a captain's patch. Yes. So either a captain's or, or an a, mm-hmm. uh, alternate patch, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise then there's just the ad on one side and the Stanley Cup patch on the other. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case where they wear a C or an A on their left shoulder, you'll have both the Stanley Cup patch and the captain's patch, mm-hmm. um, which does look kind of crowded. Mm-hmm. I will say this. It, the NHL committed to doing Jersey ads, in which case for the Stanley Cup final, there you cannot move the ad or put um not have the ad because this is the time everybody's watching hockey yeah it's the stanley cup final yep so for all the people out there on the internet saying oh they should just not have ads no if you're gonna do jersey ads yeah this is the time you want the ad yeah these company i i don't know so, personally who's sponsoring vegas or florida yeah. but this is what they're paying for yeah i have my my own thoughts on jersey ads is okay it kind of sucks but if it generates revenue sure whatever yeah um but if you're going to do ads, I'm glad they didn't buckle now. You know, this is the time. What do you mean? Like, like they didn't cave to or move the ad or get rid of the ad now. If you're going to do ads, oh, you should oh, okay. definitely have got them it, on it. in the final because yeah. this is when everybody's watching and this is when the advertisers are going to get their money and will want to come back and invest in the NHL. Yeah, these pictures are going down in history too. We're always going to know why this company is... You yeah. know, on this the jersey. Is, this yeah. is what they're paying for. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I of course the ads were gonna be there, mm-hmm. right? Um in terms of the patch placement, I think you know, you could have put the Stanley Cup patch somewhere else on a shoulder. On a shoulder, yeah. Or <laughs> That's something. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Or you know, which is okay. I don't know why you put it crowded, but then again, it only matters for the captains. Yeah. So in my opinion, um, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I think it looks a little odd, but 
I'm overall okay. an overreaction. I'm okay with things looking a little odd. Gotcha. And yeah, if I buy or ever get a Barkov or a stone Jersey, mm-hmm. then yeah. And it has that patch. Then it's a cool memento. I mean, you, I have, um, an Ovechkin Jersey that has the Stanley cup final patch on mm-hmm. it and it looks great and everything. And, but I think, um, just having that patch on there somewhere is cool. And you know, you look at jerseys from like the nineties, eighties, they had patches everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and I honestly, I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's, it's for seven games max. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be a unique look for the finals. Mm-hmm. I, so moving on to a kind of similar story, I, I don't know how much uh, you looked into this, but uh, Carl Subban, who is, you know, the father of uh, Malcolm Jordan and uh, PK Subban. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has launched a campaign recently, um, basically, not not finding the NHL, but kind of coming after the NHL, saying like these ads are you know like it, problematic because um, specifically the gambling ads, which I kind of understand. Yeah, uh, which uh, I think a few, I think Vegas's jersey ad is a gambling ad, right? Which makes sense, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kind of saying like he's coming from this angle that you know gambling's addictive and and problematic, and uh, you know we all know that like there's been there's been players in the league that have like had gambling issues as well. Um, but again, like you said, the league needs money, um, considering how frankly terrible it is at marketing the game. Um, and you know, I, I don't exactly know where, you know, NHL morals truly lie. Um, uh, do, do you have an opinion on this or do you think this is also kind of an overreaction by, by Carl Zuban himself? So I think this is a different topic, right? Like Jersey ads are one thing. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams have fairly innocuous Jersey ads, right? Like mm-hmm. I think Toronto's says TikTok milk. or milk. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Toronto's TikTok on the helmets. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I think gambling ads, um, it's a whole other thing. Like, like you said, a lot of players have had gambling issues. Some players, um, have fought addiction in other ways and it, it's an addicting thing yeah. at the end of the day. Right. Like, um, I don't think anyone has a cigarette ad in the Mm -hmm. NHL, right? Yeah. Like, um, so I get that it kind of feels a little bad and I, I don't have a problem with what, uh, Carl Subban is doing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you believe in something like this, you know, kind of go for it. Personally, I don't know if I'm against gambling ads, but I'm against how much they push gambling mm. like it's all over the game now and it, it went really from is. zero to like a hundred so quick as soon as it got legalized yeah yeah like um even watching a game now during things happening in the game you see the little odds the little, pop up the little ticker at the bottom or like, whatever yeah it's just all the time i can't watch without being pushed gambling you know yeah. and that's kind of the bigger problem that i have mm-hmm. is that it's pushed so much that i there's no way that i can get away to from avoid it, it. yeah and you there's know? i mean th- you gotta remember like the game has not the game hasn't changed in the sense that these these players we see on the ice right now, they were watching the NHL as a kid. Yeah. You don't think, you know, the future generations, the future draft picks are watching right now and seeing all these gambling ads and stuff. I mean, yeah. the youth are very easily influenced, right? Yeah. And, you know, even the announcers, when you watch a game, will mention the odds sometimes. And I'm yeah. like, okay. That, that was very odd to yeah. me. I, I never understood that. I was like, are we, are we advertising it or are we promoting it? You know what I mean? I'm not sure anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of, it, it does feel a little uh, pushy, I guess you could say. But 
I, I think I kind of understand where Carl Subban's coming from on this situation. Yeah. A lot more than fans that are angry about a crowded jersey because of a C or A. Yeah, the I finals. mean, these, these are entirely different things, right? Yeah. One is just aesthetics on how you like your jerseys to look. Yes. Um, the other is, should we be promoting an addictive substance? Or yeah. Some, not substance, but addictive hobby. Yeah. On, on, in, as part of the NHL. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's become so ingrained in it, right? Like, Earlier, you can you can bet on the NHL, um, but if you I had to seek that out if I was looking to gamble, yeah, I'd find it a lot more palatable than it's being pushed in every corner, right? Mm-hmm. Like jersey ads are one thing, but like I said, it's on the broadcast. You listen to um, analysis or other hockey podcasts um, that have ads. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're not that big yet, but <laughs> <laughs> have ads. A lot of them have gambling ads now. So no matter how you consume the game, you end up consuming gambling content, which is what I have a bigger problem with. Gotcha. Like, there's no safe space for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That I, I completely agree with that. And don't get me wrong. I, both of us are big fans of hockey jerseys. You know, we're all about, you know, our aesthetics. We, we like Marvel and I think hockey jerseys are art. I yeah. guess you could say they're pieces. Um, they're a lot more than just, you know, like fashion. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, I, you're comparing apples to oranges. Like yeah. you're comparing literal, uh, a literal um, addictive vice, I guess, yeah. to, oh, you, I don't like how that looks for seven games or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's two separate problems, right? One yes. is Jersey, ad, uh, mm-hmm. Jersey ads in general, which I think this was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Almost every other sport does this. You go to especially any, the, the, the what do you call it the Euro leagues? Yeah, those any, are covered in jerseys. Oh any sport in Europe, yeah, right. Like um, I'm a big fan of Formula One. Mm-hmm. Those cars are plastic. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it, it's to the point where the ad placement is part of the aesthetic design <laughs> of the cars. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, and fans will comment on it yeah. about how oh how they place that ads yeah. and things like that. I think I mean I've seen you know like whatever Red Bull and Mercedes they they release libraries and stuff, but. I think it's weird to see it without the ads at this point. Yeah. You know, it has literally become part of the, part of the skin, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, and I, you know, I could see, I can still find the art in a hockey jersey, even if it has ads on it, put it that way. Okay. Got it. Um, but promoting gambling is a whole other topic. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit here, but maybe that's something we should go over in the summer. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on that. Yeah. Uh, um, w- one last point I wanted yeah. to bring about this. So, um, do you think, for the for the Stanley Cup Finals jerseys, at least the you know Vegas fans, uh, Florida fans, would would it make more sense to sell? Obviously, the authentic jerseys, the ones that are being wear worn mm-hmm. on ice, can't change that. But would it make sense to mo- get rid of the ad on the actual replica jersey? I, I'm not really yeah. sure uh, how to like describe, it, but the replica jersey, the ones that fans will actually buy, mm-hmm. would it make sense to move the patch to the quote unquote correct side for that? Would that make more sense or? Uh, I think people are differing opinions on this. Mine is I want it to look as much uh, like the players as it, as mm, possible. Okay. So I prefer you just leave it as it. how the players look. Got it. I think, um, do fan jerseys even have the ads on them? Or is it only the player jerseys? I, honestly, I've seen fan jerseys with the ads. I've seen fan jerseys without the ads. Yeah. After, after um, uh, Adidas took over, I'm, I'm not really sure yeah, anymore. And I think there's several tiers of jerseys, so some of them have the ads, some of them don't. Yeah, but... I still remember the Reebok tiers more than the Adidas yeah. tiers. Let's put it that way, yeah. My personal opinion is I want it to look as close as possible to the on-ice product. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I For me, I think I'm a little bit on the opposite end, where if I'm buying... Because the way... If I'm buying a, a jersey that's not the actual jersey on ice, yeah. I'm... it's For me, it's no different than buying, going, going to the mall or going online, going to e-commerce store commerce store and just buying 
a fashion piece, I guess. Um, so it's more like a shirt to you. It, it's it is a, yeah, it's a shirt. It's a, it's outerwear. It's a sweater. Whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. But it, I just don't want to have. If, if I'm a Toronto fan, I don't want to. I don't want to advertise milk, whatever that is. Yeah. The entire time, you know, like I I get it. Like it's like that's how they look, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I guess this is all coming down to personal preference. It's very very trivial at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's kind of what we have today. We're running up on time here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, quick prediction for you. Yeah. Who scores the first goal of the Stanley Cup final? Hmm. I want to say it's going to be a deaf player on Vegas. Like, I don't even think it's going to be one of the the big guys on, mm-hmm. on either team. Um, let's put it this way. If, if it's going to be, if it's going to be Vegas, I'll say... Will Carrier. Will Carrier. Will Carrier. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if it's going to be Florida, Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. For me, it's, I'm going to say Jonathan Marcheseau on okay. Vegas. Okay. And of course, Matt Kachuk yeah. on Florida. Yeah. Kids all right. been doing it all. Yeah, absolutely. This has been Glass Seats. We're out every week. We hope you listen and follow along through the uh, Stanley Cup final. We'll see you next time. Peace.